You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, what's up, folks? Your eyes are not deceiving you, or your ears. Rather, this is an extra episode this week. I wanted to put this one out in the general feed. This is a Patreon, a formerly Patreon exclusive episode from several months ago that I recorded with my dudes Paul Roney and Danny Perez. Paul Roney, you might be familiar with from his other appearances on the podcast. Danny is a longtime listener and supporter of the show and local uh, pal to both Paul and myself. So that's why he is on with us. Really great dude. And it was a fun conversation. So I've only done this a handful of times. Generally, the Patreon exclusive content stays behind the wall for the patrons because that is exactly what they signed up for. And, you know, I don't want to just give away all of that stuff for free when there are people paying for it. There's about 75 episodes or so that have never been made public. So I think that's the number. It's over 70. I'm not sure if we're quite at 75 yet. So if that is a thing that interests you, a bunch more audio content, you can go to patreon.com slash tonemob, and for just five bucks a month, you start getting additional bonus episodes right to your ears. And it literally helps keep food on the table around here, and the lights on, and the mic's hot, and all that good stuff. So if you can support over there, I really, really appreciate it. It means the world. And a big thank you to everyone who currently is supporting over on Patreon. Big, big thank you to those folks. But anyway, I don't generally pull those episodes out for the general public. Occasionally I will if it was a particularly juicy or particularly uh, informative or important uh, chat that I have. So that will happen occasionally. But this time was especially important because one of the things you might know about Paul is that he was a luthier for a very long time. He built some of my favorite guitars. I have two of his builds, my Oceana and my Paramore. They're tremendous instruments, and every time I post them on Instagram or somewhere, people go bonkers for them, and he was just really, really good at what he did. Uh, And I say what he did because he is currently, at the moment, not building guitars anymore, and a lot of his followers and fans of his work want to know why. It it seems kind of strange for somebody to just stop doing the thing that they're most well known for. But he goes into his reasons and, you know, he's, well, I won't explain it for him. I'll let him explain it. But we talk about just general goofy stuff for a while, but Paul does get into the meat and potatoes of why he's not currently building. And I think it's best to hear that straight from the horse's mouth. So without further ado, here is the formerly exclusive Patreon episode with Danny Perez and Mr. Paul Roney. Oh, yes, it's also probably worth noting, sorry, one more thing, that we don't talk about guitars all that much on this episode. So if you're looking for a very topical episode, I suggest you go back to, in case you missed it, the Multi-Scale Guitars Explained with 
Mr. Jason Rogers, who actually used to co-host with Paul on the Luthierist podcast. So it's all related. But yes, this is the one to go to if you want to hear a bunch of nonsense and Paul's reasoning for not building anymore. So here you go. I warned you. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, so you got it figured out? Yeah, we're in. Oh my god. I know. Finally, right? Oh. Some guy just... I don't... Where do I put this? Right in front of your mouth. It's a microphone. Right in front of my mouth? Yeah. You gotta put it off axis. If you know... Yeah, it'll get all boomy, right? So I gotta like point it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I just do this so I can see a little better, but I can't see Danny because of this pop filter. Um, We should explain a little bit what's going on. Does it filter pop? Does it like you can only hear... You can only hear pops, yeah. You like can only it hear only metal. Lets the like, clicks. It's like only smooth jazz, every oh. genre but pop. Oh yes. Or is it a is it like a like a high pass where all you can hear is pop? Mm. K-pop, Ooh, pop filter. K, yeah, that's all you can hear. Is all K-pop all the time. All the time. <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys have pop filters. Yes, you don't. So you're no. gonna be just, just. I mean, who's gonna be? I mean, so if anybody Spears? wants to question the quality of your the audio on your podcast, you can tell them. It's because Paul didn't have a podcast. <laughs> so I guess we should do a little bit of filling in because we just jumped into it. So uh, yeah. we're just hanging out, uh, nerding out and playing a bunch of pedals. Uh, Danny wanted to get Paul and I together. It was all Danny's idea. It was all it Danny's was. idea. It really was, though. The great bringer together. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, we're just out here nerding around. Why don't we do a little podcast and while, while we're at it for Patreon? So... Uh, Danny yeah, and so I are obviously big fans of uh, Paul's work, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we—at uh, least somebody here is. That's yeah, well, <laughs> at least there's two people. At least there's yeah. two of you. <laughs> All both of us are yeah. the biggest fans. Yeah, I'm not man out here. I don't know. It's... Yeah, you're the only one who's not a fan of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys can like it all you want. That's it's cool. I'm not going to yuck your yum. You know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that means a lot. So, um, Danny, maybe it would be cool to explain how you know Paul and other yeah. than his guitars, because you obviously know him better than I do. Even you guys are doing all well, kinds of stuff together. It's, so it's kind of interesting because I actually didn't know you built guitars. Um, so I was working at a church in Vancouver and, and I was down there regularly and, uh, I saw like a listing for a bunch of walrus pedals and I was like, this guy's got like four of them. And I was like, yeah, I want this one. And and it was like a Messner, a Voyager, and then like something else. I can't mm-hmm. even remember what, like a the Boost, a Plainsman or something like that. Uh-huh. So I go down there and, and we get to talking. And I was like, how did you end up with all these walrus pedals? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I built them a guitar. And, you know, whatever they, in exchange, they sent me these pedals. And yeah. I was like, that's cool. And I was like, I don't know anything about Which, it. And I just want to, not to interrupt and get things too off track, but I just want to say that, yes, I did sell, I think, all of my walrus pedals, but I also sold all, like pretty much all of my other pedals. Yeah. So it wasn't anything specific against or uh, anything against, or like with walrus, because they, right. they make great pedals. I liked them. It's I, It was just, I just sold all my pedals, basically, like everything. I think I have like two or three left. That's, That's true. You had yeah. other stuff listed, but at the yeah. time, and this is really dumb, but my my goal was to build an all-walrus pedal board. That's not dumb. So, What's dumb about that? So 
that was the reason why I asked you about those and not the other ones that you had. Anyway, regardless. So we get to talking and I'm like, oh, that's cool. He built guitars and I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. So then I kind of I kind of didn't think much of it. And then we ended up doing a couple other interactions on Craigslist uh, as far as like buying or, or, or trading things and things like that. And um, and then and then I started researching your your guitars and I was like, holy cow, these are actually pretty cool. So that was about what four years ago, maybe at this point, uh, almost. Was it that long ago? Uh, it was about three or four years ago. Yeah. When I was working. Three years there. sounds about right. And, uh, and then I helped you move one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how, yeah. that's what really, you I think moving. Yeah. And, and you had a truck and, and I had a just, truck. You just volunteered and said, I'll be there. Yeah. I was like, Oh, geez, and I think that's when really helpful. I think we went from like Craigslist acquaintances to like more of a friends, you know, friends, and then, yeah. you know, and, um, yeah. And then after that, you know, I went through a bunch of gear and ended up getting one of your guitars and then went through a bunch more gear and ended up getting another one of your guitars and been pretty pleased with those so far. So that's how we met. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously the listeners of this podcast, especially at the Patreon level, probably are pretty familiar with, Paul and I's relationship was, uh, came on the podcast and I kind of, kind of like you, like I knew about his guitars. I knew they were really cool. And then once I, once it was confirmed that he was going to do the show, it was like, Oh, I needed to look into this a little bit more, a little bit more closely. And then I did that. I just, I found the ocean and was like, I'm going to buy one of those. And I think I may have said <laughs> it on the podcast. I don't remember, but it feels like yeah. I'm going to get one of those pretty, you know, pretty soon and yeah, so sounds about right yeah <clears throat> well, yeah i think we recorded the podcast and then and then after the tape was no longer rolling we probably spent another half hour on the phone just talking about guitars that i was working on like that i had in progress at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> something then, like that yeah pretty soon after i think one of those turned into the, the their, your blue imperial which yeah as uh, that guitars had a weird fate and i don't know if you are aware of this or not but I post it obviously pretty regularly, and sometimes I even set it up like to try to take an take an take an actual an actual actual picture of it, even though I'm not a photographer. But every time I've done that, one of those weird Instagram gear pages that you one of the ones that you just don't know what their deal is. Like, why do they? What is, what is this page? Like, huh. guitar for you, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> or you go, it's like mostly memes. What's well, guitar for you? Like, oh, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> true. For me, or greatest guitar. Like, there's, yeah. an, there's, well, there's, there's a couple the of them. There's just the one photo. Well, sometimes it's that, <laughs> but a lot of them are running around with that guitar as their profile pic. Oh, I've never seen that as a profile yeah, pic. Yeah, I've seen, is I think really? it's, I think, I think there was one, I think guitars for you. I can't remember. I have to look it up. But it was. Now. I'll, I'll go to my DMs. I can find it because I messaged the account. Was like, um, "That's my picture and my guitar in your profile." Yeah, <laughs> like, you're like, hey. They didn't respond, of course, but huh. I'll have to go look and see who it was. I, I think mm. that was the the one. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out later. But yeah, but it's become a sort of like I have people that that start like newly start following me, and they're like, "Oh, you own that guitar." Like huh. I've seen this all over the place. It's like it went into we- this weird Instagram gear black hole where like huh. a lot of people have seen it but not necessarily from my account it's like a it's like instagram famous it mm-hmm. is it's, it's 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 a guitar that i've i had one of this one guy comment and he's like i've seen this guitar for years and he's like i had no idea what it was or where to get it i've just seen it floating around huh. like oh and i think part of it is like part of it is the the design of the oceana but i feel yeah. like it's that lake placid blue <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's not actually Lake Placid Blue. That's um, it's called Surf Blue Pearl. Surf Blue Pearl. So I've been yeah. telling everybody the wrong color for um, uh, yeah, three years. No, cool. that's fine. It's 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 easy to you know it's easy to to misinterpret. And mm-hmm. I mean I can't I I can't really take credit for that color because it was Doug Cower who first like got a can of that paint and uh. put it on a guitar because it's the um it's the Dodge Charger or Ch- Challenger Charger, you know that sweet yeah yeah mm-hmm. you've seen those blue mm-hmm. uh, it's like a newer. Uh, model but uh yeah doug got it and he was just like this is the coolest color and i was just kind of like yeah it's blue i don't know you know and and didn't think too much of it Mm -hmm. but then when i did my first nam show um there there was i was just i wanted to kind of like show off a few new uh things one of them was the new mastery vibrato i had one of the very first mastery vibrato uh prototypes Oh, wow. Um, and so like that year at NAMM, there was only two mastery vibratos at the whole show. I had one in Dennis Novo, Dennis Fano at Novo. Mm-hmm. Or was he still doing Fano at the time? I think he might have still been doing Fano then. Yeah, I think... he, still, he might have still been with Fano. Yeah. So it was it might have been a Fano. Um, but yeah, it was the two of us had the two mastery vibrato prototypes and those went to the show. Um, it was also the debut of the Roadhouse pickups, uh, Vistatone pickups. Oh, it was gotcha. like the, So I had the first guitar that ever had those pickups. And so this guitar just had like kind of was kind of fancy. It was cool. So I just wanted to paint it really neat. And so I picked that blue and I did that blue all over the entire guitar. The whole thing mm-hmm. was painted that blue. And um, it just it just kind of became this color that was like just became synonymous with with my with the Oceana and with my work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think Doug ever painted another guitar that color because it was kind of almost like, you know. Right. Almost a trademark. It, it kind of. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. like it kind of. You know what I mean? And like. um it was it was all him. I mean, he was the first guy to do it. But um, and there are a couple of cowers out there that are painted that color. But um, yeah, it just kind of it was one of those colors that just sort of like for whatever reason it was set off on my design, and so it it just became one that I ended up doing a fair amount of. It's that's interesting because my memory of it is different. It's weird how like <laughs> we were both part of this process, but like yeah, it, it, and I've always just called it Lake Placid Blue. But also it, while saying like it's not quite Lake Placid Blue though. Mm-hmm. That's just because if you remember, we were debating on what it should look like. And I was yeah. going back and forth on all these things. And I come across this Gretsch uh-huh. that was Lake Placid Blue yeah, um, with gold hardware and everything. And at the time, there were no gold masteries. No, there wasn't. The, the, and, there, and there, and there still one, wasn't basically. for years later. But yes. I had I had another customer at the time who I was building an Oceana Marquee in... Um, that great like Gretsch green metallic color, mm-hmm. that classic British racing green, but the metallic version. And he was like, man, I would really love gold hardware with a mastery bridge. And I was like, yeah, yeah I know me too. But he just, you know, Woody has said many times that he's just, he will never make golden mastery hardware. He's never going to do it, which he has since then. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but besides the point, I, yeah, I, so I had those parts gold plated that we had, I found a local company in Sacramento, uh, called Sherms, I think. And I just, uh, dropped off a big box of parts with them. Um, and I think, cause I think for you, it was like, Hey, we should do blue and gold. And we were like, yeah. And I was just like, it won't cost you extra. I don't think that I, or maybe it was you that I charged extra and the other guy got I it for free. Remember. I can't remember, but can't remember. you know, I remember it was like I, I remember like I think I remember that I vaguely remember being like, I depends on how much extra, but I don't care. Like like yeah, my, within reason. It wasn't know? much either. Yeah. It was like two hundred bucks or something yeah, like that. I think I think I think it was like total of four hundred bucks for all the plating for both guitars. Yeah. And so I might have just split that cost between the two or something. I don't so I don't remember how it went, but um 
but yeah it was so it was like the first gold-plated mastery yeah anything ever. yeah because i just i sort of just took care of it myself you know I just <laughs> yeah brought it I, in, brought it to a place and had it real genuine it's like real 24 karat gold or something i don't remember yeah it's it's kind of it's crazy and then i sometimes like when i'm changing strings on it because it's, it's like so beautiful i mm-hmm. i i'm always like cleaning it off and I'm almost like, why am I bothering? Because in like 30 seconds of me touching this, it gets, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'm just like, I come to terms with it. It's just going to always have my fingerprints on it. If yeah. I'm going to actually play the guitar, which I play it all the time. It, <laughs> it, so it just, yeah. I mean, you yeah, can tell. Like it's, your, 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 the tip of your vibrato arm is like the, the gold is starting to rub off. Yeah. And it's starting to go back down to the raw aluminum. I kind of, which is great. It's I like, kind of like that character, you know. Yeah, and I like, I like that the pickups are kind of beat up now because of the weird mm-hmm. angular way I play and all that. But yeah. it's interesting getting to see like, like that's the only guitar still that I've ever like fully specked out everything on. Right. And I'm like, it's it's kind of funny just seeing it evolve because it's like it's like evolving with me in a weird way because I'm yeah. I'm a lot better player now than I was when I ordered it. I'm still not very good, but. It's just it's that guitar has changed the way I play and approach the mm. instrument in a lot of ways. So it's kind of it's special. And I mean, I have they're all all these are special for one reason or another, but that one's extra special for me. Yeah, for those for people listening is it, who, that that don't already know, and I can't imagine any of them don't know. But we're in the shred shed. <laughs> this is this is my first time in the shred. Yeah, which shed. is kind of weird. Like, I mean, yeah, as long as we've known each other, it's like this is the first time. But for one thing, this is an impressive building. This is really cool. Yeah. Like, I love the wood paneling on the walls. You've got the Edison bulbs, the the what do you call that ceiling? Oh, just yeah, like a vaulted ceiling. Vaulted yeah. ceiling. Anyway, it's just a really, really cool building, really cool place. But you have what, 10 guitars, 15 guitars in here? How I counted something like, I think there's 13. I counted them the other day, but I had to do what we're doing right now and look around and physically. I, I count yeah. 15 if we're counting. 15? We got 15? Yeah. Those on the wall, the acoustic, and then the Explorer. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Drum set, piano. There's a handful of amps over there. More than a handful. And don't even... <laughs> live, I won't even talk about the pedals. Oh, the, well, it's fine. The pedals are fine. <laughs> I can quit whenever I want. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> No, I it, thanks, man. I mean, this yeah, is, but it's cool. This, this is, is just a, this is a neat spot. What happens when you get overly obsessed with something is kind of all the what yeah it comes down to. It's like I got so obsessed with it that I needed to somehow make it into a job so that mm-hmm. I could just do whatever it is that I do all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the most healthy thing. Uh, or the best way to approach it, but it's <laughs> it's a way that I've approached it, and uh, I'm not I'm not not happy about it. So, thank you. Um, yeah, but yeah, you should have been by here a long time ago. That's yeah, ridiculous. probably. Well, thanks for having us, though. This is cool. Oh yeah, it was a great I'm time. Glad we were able to. I'm glad Danny took the day off. One, to, one to Danny to rule them all. That's right. We need Danny to <laughs> to unite <laughs> to unite. I mean, sometimes it just is that simple, though. It's just like it's so easy to procrastinate when it comes to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then whenever every time that you finally pull the trigger it's like man i'm sure glad we did this yeah yeah like why it's like why do yeah. we why do we do that to ourselves these, these things are few and far between and i mean i've just been really removed from the whole guitar industry for so long now like it's like i'm this is i don't think i've sat in a room with guitars and talking about guitars in 
two years or something. Has it been that I long? mean, it's been really? a while. You know, I mean, I just don't. Because when I left Veritas, it was like, you know, um, I kind of had my own thing going a little bit that I was sort of a thing that I was starting up with someone and then they just bailed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just didn't know what to do after that point. At the, it was just kind of like I had all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. And then, right. And then the basket was just taken, which is gone, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, OK, well, I guess I'm just starting over at kind of nothing, you know. And I mean, I, I'm just living life and trying to have like a normal existence, normal to sort of like be stable, you know. Um, and that's all I've been doing, you know. So it's so, yeah, like I, I don't I haven't been to Nam, I haven't gone to any guitar shows, you know. We stopped doing the podcast. It was just kind of getting to the point where it was like, you know, it was scheduling was always an issue doing of course. a podcast. Yes. I mean, you know that. Like mm-hmm. it's podcasting is um, it's a labor of love kind of a thing because you do it <laughs> if you're really into it. You know what I mean? You do it because you want to do it, but it doesn't make money and it's a huge inconvenience on your schedule. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> like, bit, which, you sometimes, know, but, you know, you have uh, to, you have to want to do it. You have to want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, it's not that I didn't want to do it, but it's like, and, and I think ultimately the plan is that, uh, Jason Rogers and I, uh, we do still want to make more episodes of the podcast and we probably will. Um, but they're just going to come when we find time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, You're not going to force uh, it. Yeah. We're not going to force it. I, I have a, you know, we have the, Oh God, I'm rambling. Um, no, good. We're, we're getting, podcasting. You're we're supposed to the, ramble. Yeah, I know. We're getting the we're getting the podcast uploaded to archive.org, um, but I'm having a really hard time getting it to uh, put the episodes in the right order. Uh, it keeps throwing episode 100 after episode 11. Oh, and just it's like it just it's like it just it doesn't it's not putting it in order, and it's like driving me nuts. So I have a lot of work to do to get that fixed. I don't I don't know how to do it. I'm gonna have to have the archive.org people help me out or something because I can't figure it out. But um, yeah, and then, but eventually we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably throw new episodes in there every once in a while. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I love doing the podcast. I love talking to people about this stuff. But it is, it is like just different now because I'm so removed from the whole thing. I, you know, I kind of, I stopped following a lot of all the pedal companies and a lot of the guitar makers and stuff. I still follow a lot of my really, really, really like hardcore favorite stuff, but had to I had to kind of just like take a step away and not not get too like I didn't want my entire Instagram feed to be like guitars. So it's the opposite of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I which I think yeah. is unfortunate because I think obviously the guitars are beautiful and you know they're unique and there's certainly that aspect of playing a well crafted instrument, but at least for me, and I don't know about you, Blake, but like for me, whenever I talk about guitars, I'm like, let me tell you about Paul. Cause Paul <laughs> is just like, you're just a good dude, man. And like, <laughs> honestly, like that to me was primarily, you know, the reason to even research your guitars cause you're just a good dude. So it's unfortunate that, you know, you've had to sort of step back for whatever reasons, but you know, ultimately like, I think at the end of the day, you're still a good dude and you make killer instruments. So, well, yeah, I mean, I, I thank you. Uh, appreciate that. I mean, it, it was it was, uh, you know, it was just always a struggle for me to to make money at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I didn't have the resources and, and the the level of success needed to to continue. So, you know, so I didn't. Um, Is it something that you can yeah, see yourself know. kind of migrating to like 
you know, kind of kind of like I kind of think about like the, the early days of the podcast for me and for mm-hmm. all this stuff was. It was like I, it got to a point where it's like, I'm going to continue to do this anyway, because it's a thing at yeah. this point. But also well, there was like it was a, it was definitely at a tipping point where it was like, OK, I need to decide if I need am I going to keep driving this forward and I'm really going to try to make it a make it something that can at least self sustain itself mm-hmm. or I just need to walk away because it's taking up too much of my time. Right. And and so ultimately my my thought was I'm going to get it to a level where I can either leave my job or I can um, it can at least stop costing me money. And then yeah. if I can do that in, in I had a time frame set for myself If I can do that in X amount of time. We'll keep going. Mm-hmm. And and fortunately, I was able to do that and been very fortunate to be able to do a lot of cool things because of it. <clears throat> but have you, there's a lot of pedal makers that I know specifically because that's just my world. Yeah, that that do both. They kind of they build guitar or build pe- guitar pedals kind of when they want and when they can. Yeah. And they work another job to keep that stability like you're talking about. Is that mm-hmm. something that you because I know you've he's that you have a little shop new shop thing going. And I, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to. It's hard. It's actually even for a guy who pays as close attention as as I do. It's hard to keep track of like where do you think where you're gonna go and yeah, where do you think you're gonna go? Yeah, and I mean I've never been too vocal about any of that kind of thing, and I I probably that's not gonna change. You know, I'm just not like, um, and I've said this on uh, every probably every podcast I've ever been on, including my own half a dozen times, um, you know, and elsewhere. It's just just that I'm not like. I don't engage on social media that much. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that um, that I that I I don't know. Like I don't I, I don't read the comments. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and I I just kind of like I open the app and I look at photos, and, and I close the tap, app. I double tap cool shit, and mm-hmm. then I close the app. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's like, so yeah. So I just do, I don't post much of anything. I mean, I'm blowing. Every, I was blowing everybody's Instagram stories up today as we as we've been hanging out because I know <laughs> I, I know. I, I mean, I still have like uh, what is like eighteen point six k followers or something like that. Like last time I checked, and so and I know a lot of those people are still there because it's like they were fans of my guitars and they want to, you know, they they like guitars. You know, mm-hmm. let's see cool guitar stuff. You know, so I'm definitely like, so yeah. So I'm like when I have an opportunity like this where it's like hang out in the shred shed and show off guitars and kind of you know this kind of stuff. Yeah, like social media is great. You know mm-hmm. what else? post some stuff but other than that yeah i just don't I, I don't post that much so yeah there's not a lot of so it's like you know uh yeah what what is the status of things i guess is yeah like i do have a shed now i have a i have a workshop uh space um but it's not i can't i'm still it's still not set up to make guitars mm-hmm. at all right now I, I don't have it set up i don't even have it set up for like you know fret work or whatever like if i had a guitar that i need just to do some fret the structures work on. there and that's the structures there yeah. yeah i mean well what's in there right now is my motorcycle and all of my motorcycle tools oh. um and everything that i'm doing to try to finish that that makes sense you know that's a big thing for me is um uh that that project that's just kind of my project right now mm-hmm. you know is just doing that and that i'm it's i'm doing it for myself i'm doing it for it's like i i spent so long uh you know i spent seven years fully fully doing nothing but making guitars. That was my entire life. And I was really like so obsessed. So, um, you know, that was, that was just the only, the only thing like, and I was like a workaholic, uh, 
and I lost um, friends and relationships and other things because I was kind of just overly obsessed. Mm -hmm. I was just like too, all I did, all I talked about, all anything was like, you know, the orders I needed to fulfill and, you know, if I had extra money, it was like, oh, I got to try this new paint or yeah. whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and, you know, I was just so completely into it. Um, and I, you know, I think it kind of, for me personally, got to a point where it wasn't healthy. I mean, I was, um, you know, I was basically homeless for a year living at the shop. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually said that on a podcast before, like out loud, but mm-hmm. like this many years on, I feel pretty comfortable. It's just like, yeah, that's what happened. That's you what know? I mean, basically while my guitar was being built. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 2016 was the year. I mean, I think starting from about, uh, it was like October or November of 2015 all the way through the very first week of January, 2017. Um, yeah, I lived at the shop. Mm-hmm. I literally lived in the storage space above the office in, right. in Doug's shop. I mean, and he was like, you know, way too generous and patient with me, letting me do that. Um, you know, and uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't healthy. It wasn't a good it wasn't a good way to live. Like, right, it no. sucked. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I was barely making ends meet. Uh, I was, you know had to like you know i had to like basically uh i didn't have a shower or a kitchen right you know (laughs) (laughs) like spit baths and things like that yeah and i was and like you know i uh as much you know as as much as it seemed like maybe there was some success happening there because guitars were getting made i mean i did make more guitars that year than any other year previously um the amount of money uh the actual total income of the business was way higher than any year previous to that. Um, but after expenses, after um, all the money that went on to like credit cards, um, just to fulfill orders, just to keep up my end of like, you know, I did pay rent, um, you know, I paid a fixed, you know, rate of rent. Right. To have access to the shop and, and to and to live there, uh, which, you know, is kind of ridiculous, you know. Um, but, you know, and, and just to just keep my end of things up, you know. Um, so, yeah. So, so uh, after all those expenses and everything, my total, like, take home for that whole year was way, way, way below, like, the, what po- you, the poverty what? line. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so it was just, it sucked, you know, it was just a really lousy way to live. Um, and so, you know, when I moved up here, there was Veritas for a while and then there was, um, you know, another job for a while. And and now I've kind of finally landed on something that, um, is a really cool, a really cool job that I'm, I'm really happy with is it actually kind of makes me feel good about what I'm doing for the community and things like that. Um, but yeah, but uh, somewhere along the line, um, uh, uh, met my girlfriend Sam, and she's been just like ridiculously supportive. And um, you know, she knew that like I needed an outlet, like I needed a shop, I needed a place to work on projects because I just it's like I go crazy a little bit without something <laughs> mm-hmm. to do like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm just not like a I'm just kind of a restless 
person. And so, um, so yeah, she she did some research and and basically figured out how to roll the cost of this shed into her her like the cost of the house mm-hmm. that yeah. she that she already owned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and so I'm paying for it. I'm paying the difference. I'm paying like for that loan basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no like major down payment that had to be made. Or I mean, it did, but it's like it went on the. Yeah, no, financial stuff that I don't really understand, but (laughs) you know, so it's like, um, so that's, so it's like, yeah, so, but it's really cool. It's, it's an, it's an amazing, uh, space and, um, it's eventually the plan is to get it set up to do some guitar stuff and how exactly that's going to look. I don't really have any idea. Um, I think part of the tricky thing is like, I was making guitars to such a ridiculous quality standard before Mm -hmm. with, you know, CNC machines and, you know, the finishing and everything was like really, really top notch. And I don't want to take a step back. I would never want to make something that is less than what I already did. Mm -hmm. So fitting a CNC machine in that tiny little shop (laughs) would be kind of difficult. So, um, yeah, so I don't actually know how it's going to look, if how I'm going to do it. Um, I think I'm just going to take it real slow and kind of one step at a time and just one guitar at a time and just kind of, you know, not quit my day job and just see how it goes. Yeah, that's where I was, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of going with that line of questioning was I see a lot of people who are able to kind of scratch both itches, you know, and have that stability they need, but, you know, their business then becomes more of their project than necessarily their source of income. Yeah. And I've always thought like that just seems like it would be, I've always thought it seemed like a good fit for you, you know, to also do that. Cause I think mm-hmm. there's a certain level that, that now that, you know, you've, you've seen a lot of the different sides of the industry. There's this perception of among some people that if you're not doing it full time, that it's you're not really doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's nonsense. Like, yeah, I'd agree. It's, I mean like, well, our mutual friend, Kevin Equitz, it's like, you can't mm-hmm. tell me that guy's not legit. No, it's not doing it full time, but these guitars are fantastic. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like just because you're not doing it full time doesn't mean you're not doing it, you know? And then yeah. I, I think I think the way that careers are evolving now in this kind of weird digital age is like people's people have this need to project something that isn't necessarily accurate. Mm-hmm. And I seen a meme that yesterday that really as most things for people our age, a meme explained it all, you know, <laughs> and it was a uh, it was like guy i can't remember what it was it was like guy buys his first guitar immediately changes his instagram handle to whatever music Mm. and i'm like i'm starting to see that because like i've been seeing a few guys that are not guys necessarily exclusively just people that are definitely fronting uh there was a guy emailing every pedal builder under the sun here recently that when you went to his instagram like it was very clear that it was all bots and like not you know it was none of it was real Mm-hmm. But he was like projecting this thing like he was and I'm like, I don't know why people feel the need to do that. Like the people who end up being the most successful and happiest seem to be just the people that just are real. Yeah. Just yeah. like this is what's going on with me, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Too. And and, I, and I, then again, you know, it's like that whole oversharing on social media thing and just never really being into it. You know what I mean? Right. And I couldn't. I couldn't hang from that like marketing standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Every time I had to get on Instagram and I had to say like introducing the new, you know, whatever model and all of its features, blah, blah, blah. 
only this much money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just felt crappy. I felt, you know, like a shill and just like, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to make cool stuff. I just wanted to like, you know, uh, I wanted to be focused in on like the actual production of things and perfecting it and really making something, you know, high quality. Mm -hmm. And and then, yeah, having to deal with a marketing part of it, it just like kind of definitely ruined some of it for me. It's something that it's, I mean, that's obviously a big part of what I do now. And it's, if you don't like it, Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to do. Yeah, it's because it's like I kind of like it. I'm a very people person. Mm-hmm. And so like and get I don't I mean, I'm obviously very conscious of what I share on social media because I, I think because I was late to it, <clears throat> I was so late to it. I didn't get into it until my late 20s and no social media at all. I never even had a MySpace page. What? And so like are you even qualified to do this podcast I, 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 it, this podcast got me qualified <laughs> but that's but no honestly like i posted uh that ampeg over there on i, I remember the day very specifically for some reason on march 19th uh of 2015 i think it was or 2014 maybe 2015 yeah and i was like wow some random person liked this this is weird you know, and that was my first basically anything ever. Mm. And so I've always been because I've always had it in my head like the Internet is forever. And now I am I think back about all the million, not millions, but hundreds of hours of nonsense that I've like all the dumb things <laughs> I've said and I don't even remember them. <laughs> it's just I've always been like a little bit weird about the Internet. So I guess I understand it. But yeah, also I, I am a people person. It's like going up to a group of people and be like, hey, is not out of my wheelhouse oh yeah you know and i've always kind of viewed as that as what's going on with social media it's like mm-hmm. a bunch of people are at a party and you kind of kick in the door and you're like i'm here now and you <laughs> and and they either care or they won't you know yeah and and it's a it's that's how i've always kind of viewed it but yeah anyway that's a random aside but <laughs> i think one thing that's interesting and at least i mean obviously i'm not a guitar builder but at least i've met some some people who are in the business and it seems like unless you have sort of this unlimited capital to continue to grow your business, at some point, it seems like companies start making, I hesitate to say shortcuts, but, you know, whether you're outsourcing parts or, you know, having somebody else build necks or things like that. Um, and it, I remember one conversation you and I had, Paul, where you talked about you definitely didn't want to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that that was that speaks to what you're saying about having a standard of quality about your instrument. Yeah. Cause you're literally slapping your name on it. I mean, it says yeah. your name right on it. So it's, so I think that's, you know, good in a way that you care about your instrument so much, but I guess that's one, um, hurdle for a small builder. Yeah. It, it can be. I think the, honestly, I think the biggest problem is for, for most small builders. And I bet you can, you know comment on this paul is that mm-hmm. there's simply too many things to do like <clears throat> i'm pretty good at attention and getting eyeballs i can't build a guitar though mm-hmm. so i had to find a way to if i wanted to work in this business i had to figure out a way to integrate the skills that i had with people that didn't have them and so you know that's where i i work for a a handful of different pedal companies now and so it's just like they i filled a kind of a need for them because they made great stuff they weren't good at the other thing. And I feel like that's the biggest problem with small, with a small builder getting into this business. If you're really great at making instruments, 
but no one's ever going to see them, that's a problem. If you're really good at getting attention, but you make horrible instruments, that's also a problem. And finding that magic combination, which is actually something that Doug's pretty good at. Oh, yeah. Uh, Doug Cower, of yeah. course. <clears throat> and uh, is rare. I think mm-hmm. it's rare, and it's it takes a very specific person to be able to pull that off, and it's hard. It's, like, really hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, Danny said something about unlimited capital and, uh, you know, that would definitely help anybody. But, um, right. you know, resources in general, you know, whether whether it's your shop space is maybe you have like a, you know, a more affordable shop space than some people. Or maybe you have, um, you know, a, a supply of wood that is, um, you know, more affordable to you than than other people or just, you know, any anything like that. You know, mm. any of those little things can help. Um, and like, you know, the the price that I paid Doug to have full reign of his shop while I was there was was, again, more than fair. Um, you know, but that was the only that was the only thing I had that was like helping me. That was your advantage. That was basically. the only that was the advantage I mm-hmm. had. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't getting discounts on anything, you know, other mm. than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you weren't I mean, the volume to get them, right? No, yeah, I didn't. I mean, Roadhouse Pickups gave me the best price that that uh, I think he gave anybody on pickups. Um, he probably sold more of his pickups than anybody. I think did. I did, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, I don't know if, like, you know, when I sort of retired, if that was, if that had anything to do with why he decided to, to, to retire. I don't think it did. He just wanted to spend more time with his family. But, um, you know, uh, and then uh, Woody at Mastery Bridge was always like really, really cool with, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I could like, I could like place an order and, you know, well, I shouldn't say anything because he won't do it for anybody else. And he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't want other people get being like, how come you wouldn't do that for me? He was just nice. He was just nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, it's like, it's not like I didn't have any advantages, but like, you know, I didn't grow up in a family that came from anything you know what i mean like we we were always very poor and um yeah that's where i started Mm -hmm. you know and when i when i when i quit my day job and started making guitars full-time uh i didn't that wasn't the plan it just it just happened that way interesting okay um i quit my day job and i had some a little bit of money saved up and so i just decided to to take like a month off make some guitars during that time. And then, um, figured like I'd find some other work, but during that month off, I got orders. Basically <laughs> people were just like, Hey, can you build me something? I'd be like, yeah, it's this much money. And then they, they would be like, okay, cool. So then it was like, well, I guess I'm off and running. And yeah, that's, that was, you know, how that started. I guess that's, that's the beginning of it all, but interesting. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, um, I didn't know that. I, I just kind of assumed that it yeah. was, Oh, time to go. You know? No, not at all. And I was a fool. I shouldn't have done it. I should have I should have like kept my day job or got some other work or I should have just said no to the people that wanted me to make them stuff because I wasn't ready to do it. I really wasn't in a good position to do it. Gotcha. Um the fact that I was able to do it for seven years um was like kind of insanity. I mean, it was just like <laughs> it was like it was a lot of signs to like no like stop it don't (laughs) you know it was it was yeah it was like too much you know i mean it was like you know like i said i mean it like it cost me relationships and um uh other things that that i 
you know, wish that that wasn't how it happened, how the path that my life went down, you Mm -hmm. know, um, but it did. And, you know, that's, that's that. And now it's just like, I'm in try to make the best of the situation. Yeah. Now, now things are pretty great. I'm pretty stable in life and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm in a much better place, you know, um, emotionally and, um, just like financially and, uh, all that stuff. I mean, Anybody that wants to come visit me in Vancouver, Washington, come hang out. Vancouver, Washington is sick. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so cool. I live right near Victor 23 Brewery and their food is beer is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's like I'm just in like this really awesome spot, you know, and I have, you know, I got this shed um, getting a motorcycle was kind of big for me just because it's. It's just something that I, it's like my hobby now. You know what I mean? Like I have a hobby. Mm-hmm. I did for seven for the, the whole time I was in doing guitars. I didn't have any hobbies. You know what I mean? Because like, your hobby turned into your job. My hobby was my hobby. It was my job, and my job was my hobby, and it was like it was everything. And even like playing music was almost like not enjoyable, and collecting pedals was like not enjoyable because it was still all just like part of the whole thing. It was all just like. I was in the guitar industry and that was it. And I didn't know anything about anything else. Right. You know, <laughs> and like now, you know, it's like I'm actually paying attention to the world around me, you know, like um, we're not going to get into politics, but like that's something that I think about now that I like <laughs> never knew anything about before, you know, and but I have a hobby now. Like I, it's like I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to like I'm I'm expressing my creativity in this two wheeled monstrosity, you know. And, but it's, but more than that though, like the other important thing about that is just that it's like, it's transportation. It's a way to get around because a lot of people who know me know that like, I never had a driver's license, Mm -hmm. just never got one for, uh, for my whole life up until last year. I finally happy, (laughs) happy to announce. I finally got my driver's license last year. Um, and I haven't driven a car since. (laughs) because <laughs> uh, I hate driving cars. Um, but I also got my motorcycle endorsement. And so that's that was really exciting for me. You so, hate driving cars, but you like riding motorcycles. Love it. Oh, it's so much fun. Well, yes. I know I know that it's different, but like, yeah. I, I, obviously riding a motorcycle is substantially more fun. But why do you hate driving cars? I feel like uh, at any second, I'm I just going to hurt someone else. Like it's going to I'm going to crash and somebody else is going to get hurt. And you don't feel that way on a bike? No. That's weird. If I crash on a motorcycle, I feel like I'll probably get hurt, and I'm okay with that. Okay. I, I can't stand the idea of hurting somebody else. That's that's the line. That's where the, the difference is. That, you makes, know what I mean? that makes a little bit of sense. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I would never want to be in a car with a passenger or just on a road and not paying enough attention and, you know, getting in some kind of wreck and somebody else gets hurt. Is it an anxious thing? Or is it just like that's statistically very likely because it happens every day? I don't know. Um, I think it's, I think it's just, I, I guess I'm just kind of like a pacifist or something. I don't, I just don't want to hurt other people. It's like, I just like, I, you know, it's very like, it just makes me feel bad because I just, I'm like, I got to get where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, oh, there's another person. They're in my way. Get out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not anti-car for other people or anything like that. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't think like, well, I said we weren't going to get into politics. I'm not going to get really thoroughly 
not okay you can go surface level surface level politics mm -hmm. i think a lot about transportation and i think a lot about like just the way that people get around and people talk a lot about electric cars and they talk a lot about um self-driving cars and things like that and like none of these things i think are the answer okay to to the you know the, the congestion just problem. the congestion problem yeah. the oil industry you know the all the you know all the um climate change stuff that again surface level not gonna get into it but yeah. i don't think that that uh i think electric cars are great uh but self-driving cars are I just see the I, there's no point in those they're, they're dumb um but but personal transportation the idea of like you know how do you you need to be able to get from one point to another point efficiently yeah especially the way our our system is designed yeah, yeah. so there i just think there needs to be more like public transit carpooling um and things like that and then also like bigger better lanes for things like uh motorcycles small displacement uh like scooters or mm -hmm. even e-bikes i'm not really a fan of e-bikes generally but like i get it from a transportation sense of like you know personal transportation get somewhere efficiently and stuff anyway that's all i'm gonna say about it i'm not gonna need to get too <laughs> totally derailed but for me personally it was just about like um you know uh just 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 being able to get myself around and having that independence of not relying on other people for a ride not having to pay for a lift um every time i needed to go somewhere you know i got a bicycle and that's been like the coolest thing in the entire world is a bicycle like <laughs> geez duh like you know, this is transportation that I get around ridiculously fast and I, you know, pay basically nothing for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you get exercise. And you get exercise. Yeah. Like I bike to work every day and like I wake up and I'm drinking coffee and I'm like, nah, I don't want to <laughs> be awake. You know, I'm feeling miserable. And then I go and I bike to work and I get there and I'm like, whoo, let's go. <laughs> like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's it's it, it pumps me up you know it makes me feel good and you know yeah you get that exercise and my glutes look badass and, oh well you yeah know. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what it's really what he's that's what actually that's really for. what it all came down to yeah. it actually had nothing to do with climate or anything else it's yeah. just he wants an excuse to work his glutes on the regular that's really yeah what that's right that's yeah. what if there was a self-driving motorcycle no see i don't know <laughs> i don't i'm not into the self-driving thing i think it's, see i'm very into it are you really? Yeah, I'm very into it, which seem might seem weird as like a muscle car enthusiast, but mm -hmm. I think the I, anything we can do that gets us time back mm -hmm. is a good thing, and I think we have bought an insane amount of time back with the technology advancements that we have. I mean, just think about communication, right? Sure. So like just the fact that I can just send a text message and then okay, I handled that. Yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever. I did the thing I needed to do. Whereas like back in the day, it was like, "Okay, well, get the town caller." Because uh, he's got to yeah. run through town and tell everybody, but we got to find him first. And yeah, yeah, you know, like just simply the amount of hours humanity has bought back by being able to communicate more efficiently is pretty insane. Mm -hmm. And so I, there's only one resource we have on this earth that's really finite, and that is time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm super into anything that lets me get more stuff done more efficiently. And a self-driving car, 100%, would let me get a lot more done. See, I think that I, I think that I might have a little bit of. Um, uh, technological aversion mm -hmm. like i i do i love technology for a lot of things and for what you're saying yes i agree with you that's great um i just for me i like to limit my technology to my cell phone and my computer mm -hmm. i don't really want digital anything in the rest of my life like there's like smart fridges like 
really? Do mm-hmm. we need smart fridges? Like, I don't know. My smart oven's cool. You know what I, I can, mean? Like, again, I, I can start it while I'm I'm picking up my Papa Murphy's mm, from my well, self-driven yeah, car, and then I see, send a text message to Paul while I was driving home because see, I, was, I just I like analog. <laughs> That's why it's like I don't even like you know like you know like even digital pedals. I'm like they don't. You know what I mean? Bring it back to guitars, right? Digital pedals. Oh, fine. I'm not. I can't do digital pedals. Like I need. I like. I need analog things. I need things that are that are analog. You know what, what about I mean? like reverbs and things? Yeah, I think I, I well, feel yeah. like that's a little so bit of a I don't know. Here, know. look at me defending digital. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. a weird t- train. I know it's it's I, I you know, this again, this isn't I'm not trying to get too into it. I mean, it's it's because it's like I don't it's not like this is the kind of thing that I think about too often. But yeah, I, I just I like I like some analogness to things. I think mm-hmm. the thing that scares me a little about self-driving cars is you just hear about people hacking things. And I would hate to be dry in my self-driving car and some hacker hacks it via satellite and then it drives off the road, you know, yeah. or into mm-hmm. somebody else. So that's why I don't want a self-driving motorcycle. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want anything digital on my motorcycle. No. I I mean, just... Unless it, if it's an electric motorcycle, it'll have, it would probably have a digital controller, but I don't want it to be smartphone connected or anything like that. You right. know what I mean? Like. Right. Standalone. It should, it should, you know, you are the driver. Turns out, here's the thing about driverless vehicles. Turns out driving is hard. It, it is. It actually, there's a lot to it. We think it's easy because we just grew up doing it or around it or whatever. Driverless cars keep bumping into things and not quite seeing things. And it's like, it turns out there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. the technology may get there someday but it's gonna be a while i think so. we're gonna get there i also the, in that's on in defense of the the digital self-driving car well there's a lot of idiots driving cars that would be better if a computer was driving them so yeah there is that you know it's yeah. that's it's kind of a knife that cuts both ways and while like i'm always the one like worried about it, are we taking ai too far and all this stuff mm-hmm. i like, think about that way too often uh i don't also simultaneously don't think there's any way around it I think mm-hmm. that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, and so I agree. Would just try to roll with it. I guess is is. I was yeah. back in the day. I was very like fight the system type of person, mm-hmm. and I'm like this. The system is bigger than it. The system is bigger than the system. Yeah. Like there's no one that's going to fight the system. So mm-hmm. we might as well just try to enjoy our time. Well, and you know, and I'm I'm <laughs> for progress as well. And if tech, you know, if technological advances get us to the point where we can cure cancer and whatever, right? You know what I mean? Like that's obviously I, I'm I'm for it. Mm-hmm. And I think connectivity is important. You know, I think that getting um, you know, internet capabilities in countries that are, don't yeah. have it is going to be is important. And I think that's going to change everything. Yeah, like that's going to change. I mean, as big as it was for the Western world and the rest of society, the I mean, there's still millions of people. Mm-hmm. That are going to come in and then like who knows what they're going to contribute once they are connected. Yeah. There might be some dude in an unconnected country with a great idea that we just need, changes yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, there needs to just be kind of like that global, you know, global community yeah. sort of a thing, you know, <clears throat> breaking down those colonial borders, as they say. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that because I love the internet. So. <laughs> <laughs> we said 20, but we've been at it for 50 minutes, guys. Oh. And hardly any guitars were discussed, but that's okay. We we're here to just talk. Well, about... let's talk about some guitars then. What do you? What do you want? Oh, I was gonna say we can wrap this thing up. But, uh, <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, probably, probably uh-huh. better. I got a couple things on the schedule for the evening. So, oh, all right. Fair enough. Plus, we this is wanna... going out just to your Patreon. Yeah, I actually people... might put it out. I'm gonna put it out just for Patreon initially. I might. This is good. this is a pretty good one. I might Ooh. put it out in the main feed. Ooh. Um, 
in a few months or something. We didn't even talk about my diamond mining business. Oh, mm-hmm. we didn't. We said we were going to talk about your diamond mining business. Yeah. This is the real reason he's not building guitars because he's got yeah. a diamond mining business. Well, you'll just have to, we'll just have to talk another time about that. Yeah, we won't get into it. <laughs> but if well, you all want to buy some diamonds, psh, oh, I mean, I like them. And they're conflict free because he's a pacifist. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Pacific Northwest grown conflict free diamonds. I love it. All right, Danny, thanks for putting this together. This yeah. was a uh, this yeah. was your brain and this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we were able Good to time. do this and Yeah. Thanks to everybody. Thank you. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Bye guys. There you have it, folks. Straight from the horse's mouth. You got all the details plus uh thoughts on AI and self-driving cars, and a bunch of other nonsense, because I do talk about a lot of nonsense. So thanks for sticking with me for this long. I know this was not an entirely guitar-centric podcast. It was a little more personal, a little more candid, but hopefully you enjoyed it. And I'm guessing if you got to this point in the conversation, you probably didn't hate it too much. But who knows? Maybe you did. Hopefully not, though. As always, take care of yourselves. Everyone be safe out there. I know there's a lot of craziness going on with the uh, COVID-19 and stuff. But, you know, wash your hands and you'll largely be okay, I think. We're going to get through this. We'll get through it together. And I'm going to keep cranking out podcasts for you to enjoy in the event that you might have to stay home from work or whatever. So please uh, keep tuning in. Keep telling your friends and your family. And everybody be safe. Just be safe. Be cool. We're going to get through this. All right, everybody. Talk to you next time. Should be in just a couple days, actually. All right, later. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got... Three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.